everyone, and welcome to week three in this series on the heart journey. So far, we've talked about why does the heart matter? Why is it important? Because all of life is lived from the heart. And we are called into a relationship that is the most intimate of connections with the Father. It's not a slavery thing. It's a bridal. It's a, it's a marriage relationship. So that's why the heart matters, because we're called into intimacy. All of life is lived from the heart. As goes our heart, so goes our life. Last week, we talked about the heart journey, the four pillars of the heart journey, and those four pillars having a foundation underneath that of an experiential connection with the Father's love, where we've actually encountered His love in a really real way, in a way that you can't deny, and in a way that has transformed you. So we've talked about why the heart matters. We've talked about the heart journey. And then this week, I want to talk about heart culture. And that is, how are we showing up and behaving together when we're together so that it helps to accelerate the journey for each other? In other words, we build a culture in our spiritual family where we do the heart journey together. We do it well and it accelerates each other forward. I move forward faster and deeper in the heart journey because of the, spiritual, the culture of the spiritual family that I am a part of. So I want to talk briefly about four key pillars of heart culture. Four key pillars of heart culture, how we show up and we behave together. The first one is in heart culture, this is absolutely critical and the foundation of anything that is healthy is we have to create a safe place. What does a safe place look like? At its simplest form, a safe place is one where I am not punished for being imperfect. I'm not punished for being imperfect, where I don't have to hide part of who I am in order to show up and to be accepted in this environment. If you've been around church a while, you may think, well, that's a little bit foreign um, to what I have experienced in the past. Yet it was something that Jesus was the master of. He was the master of creating a safe place around him that even those who were stuck in sin and brokenness found Jesus to be a safe place, a place where they could come and actually be loved unconditionally. So the, definition, the definition of a safe place is one where fear is absent. And fear, according to 1 John, is the anticipation of punishment. So a place is not safe when I walk in there as an imperfect person expecting to receive some form of punishment. Now, I'm not talking punishment, I'm going to be hit, beaten with a ruler or anything like that. I'm more talking about I'm going to be treated less than, I'm going to be, I'm going to experience some form of rejection or chastisement for being less than perfect. And religious environments are pretty famous for this. It's an environment where I don't have to hide part of who I am to come and be part of it. I can bring all of me into the environment and all of me gets loved unconditionally by the people around me. That is the very basic definition of a safe place. We all know it when we feel it. We feel like we can be ourselves. We feel like we can fully show up. We feel like I can be completely honest about how I'm feeling and whether that is I'm really deeply excited and inspired, whether that's I'm feeling really confronted and challenged or whether that's I'm feeling quite despairing and discouraged and disappointed. I can be absolutely honest about that and the people come around me, they pray for me, they encourage me, they speak words into me that will build me up and call me into who I really am. They're not going to punish me. They're not going to talk down to me. That is, in simple terms, 
a safe place. A place where there is no fear. There's no fear of rejection. There's no fear of chastisement. There's no shame that's allowed to operate in that environment because we absolutely love each other unconditionally. So that's pillar number one of heart, of heart culture is we have a safe place. Pillar number two is a culture that prioritizes relational connection and intimacy. And in particular in church where it prioritizes relational connection and intimacy above religious activity. We've been really good at churches where we, we function like you know, an organization where it's all about doing your job and getting tasks done and doing this and doing that. But in genuine kingdom community, we prioritize heart connection and intimacy with each other. And that heart connection and the intimacy is the seedbed out of which all activity happens. It's not an activity-less environment at all. But the foundation of it is the most important thing in this environment is relationship precedes function. Relationship precedes task. We prioritize relational connection. One of the most common emotional dysfunctions that I see, whether it's in church or in the corporate world, is the tendency to push emotion aside and just focus in on task. I just focus on what I have to do. I focus on my job, on my role. I get that done and off I go. That is not a heart culture environment. A heart culture environment is where relationship precedes task. Relationship precedes religious activity. And therefore, in an environment like ours, People sometimes come in and go, I want to get involved. What can I do? What can I do? And our answer is usually something like, firstly, settle in, build some relationships, build some connection, get embedded in the family before you pick up and start doing stuff. Okay? And again, it's not an activityless environment. There are responsibilities of family, no question about that. But let's get the family bit settled first and foremost. So heart culture is an environment that prioritizes relational connection and intimacy and in particular above religious activity. So safe place, prioritizing relational connection and intimacy. Third pillar of heart culture I wanna suggest is that we celebrate the journey. In other words, we celebrate each other's journeys. We are all imperfect people who are being transformed from glory to glory into the likeness of Christ, little bit by little bit. What does it look like to celebrate the journey? Well, let me paint what it doesn't look like for a moment. Someone comes up and says, oh, look, I'm really struggling with this and I'm really working through this and God and I are having some really deep conversations about this particular area of my life. You know, pick whatever it is. And this is what heart culture doesn't look like. A response like, man, it really sucks to be you or man, I'm really glad that's you and not me. You know, well, I'm glad I'm not going through that. That sounds really rough. That's not heart culture. What heart culture is, is when someone says, hey, I'm working through this. Me and God, I'm struggling through this. Me and God are working through this. I'm getting some ministry or some, some counseling about this, or um, I'm really in a, in a relationship of accountability around this particular area. Heart culture, the response of heart culture says, that is fantastic, good on you. How can I pray for you? What do you need most? In other words, we celebrate when People are on the journey. When people are going through stuff, are confronting stuff, we say, it's so good that you, are, that you are fronting that up, that you are facing that. Let me pray for more courage and more boldness to walk into those issues in your life. Let me celebrate with you. Let me pray for you. What, what do you need from me to help you on that journey? That's the sort of statements and responses that heart culture has. We celebrate the journey. We know we're all imperfect and we don't pretend that we're anything else but imperfect. 
We're all going to have stuff. We all have brokenness. We all have pain. We, we all have, you know, where life has scarred us. But we need to celebrate as we're walking into those issues. And we need to champion one another as we face those rather than kind of go, whoa, I'm glad that's you and not me. We need to champion one another and celebrate that journey. And then the fourth pillar of heart culture is that we go after growth and maturity together. We go after growth and maturity together. See, if we just had the first three, you know, safe place, prioritizing relational connections, celebrating the journey. If we just had those three and not this last one, we would still have an environment that a lot of people would probably want to be a part of because we all want that safe place. But without this determination to go after growth and maturity together, those first three alone become like this stagnant pond. It's not actually going anywhere. The water's all there, but it's just stagnant. And we're not called to be a pond. We're called to be a river where everything that flows into us flows out of us as well. Proverbs 27, 17, well-known verse that says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. This is a heart culture community where being together with this group of people sharpens me. And sometimes sharpening, there are things that are rubbing up against each other that have to, to, to be done to sharpen. If you're sharpening a knife, there is, there is friction that happens between the two things that rub up against each other. Uh, when I was in Bible college, we used to often call this kind of ministry sandpaper ministry. It's when someone's really getting on my nerves, someone's really frustrating me, and being in community is causing all of my buttons to get pressed. We used to call it sandpaper ministry because it's like sandpaper rubbing on you. It grates you and it feels raw, but ultimately it's rubbing the rough edges off us and it's causing us to become sharp. Iron can't sharpen iron from a distance. Iron can only sharpen iron when the two bang together. And a heart culture community is one where, where we kind of, where we connect, we connect, and sometimes that connection is rubbing each other up the wrong way. I'm not suggesting we do this deliberately, just for the record, but we do. Just living in community, the closer we get to people, the more they're going to annoy us. That's just the reality of life. You know, the people that annoy you most are usually the people that you live with. Because the closer you get, the more likely you are to annoy each other. But unless you're willing to embrace that aspect of community and let it cause you to come to maturity, to let you become a person that's less easily offendable, that, that, that's less easily hurt by stuff. That, that's the kind of community that we want to be a part of, where we're close up, where iron can sharpen iron, where we're in intimate connection with one another. Therefore, we're becoming a river, not a stagnant pond. So the first three are really important, but if we do the first three without that fourth, going after growth and maturity together, then we're going to miss a key part of it and we're going to become a stagnant insular group. And that is not what we want to become. Now, lastly, I said there were four pillars, but surrounding all of those four in heart culture is this thing called prayer and intercession. And this is absolutely critical. Why? Because there is spiritual warfare that wants to keep you out of your heart, that wants to keep you disconnected from your own heart and just living from your head. Because the enemy knows if he can keep us just in our head, we're going to lack the transforming power to minister out to the world, to genuinely show the world what love is. And there is warfare that doesn't want you to become a healed and whole person who is a heart-connected warrior for Jesus. So around this whole thing of heart journey and heart culture, there is warfare. And so to sustain 
a heart culture as a kingdom family. We need prayers, we need intercessors, and we need to be consistently praying into these realms that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Praying for each other, praying for protection over one another from the accuser because he would love to just keep whispering accusation of shame and rejection into our ears to keep us disconnected from our own hearts and keep us disconnected from each other. In that way, he'll win the battle. But what the enemy can't stop is a group of heart-connected lover warriors who are out there genuinely showing what the world, the world what love is through acts of love, but also through power, power. As in, whenever Jesus was moved with compassion, you'll see in the Gospels, whenever Jesus was moved with compassion, a supernatural act followed. Slight little tangent there, but an important one. Prayer was not the tangent though. Prayer is absolutely critical to heart culture because there is warfare that wants to keep you out of your heart and wants to keep us disconnected from each other. See, Paul spent a lot of time in the book of Ephesians talking about the one another's of how to be with one another in such a way that increase the water level of the spirit. So when he says things like, don't let the sun go down on your anger, it's not just nice advice. It's advice to a community that needs to be apostolic and needs to be loving the world around it. And that was one of the strategies. There is warfare around this. So we need to be praying and interceding for one another that we'll be connected to ourselves in our own heart and we'll be connected to each other as community. And with that prayer and intercession that we are not just a community of love, but a community of fire. You've heard me say before that when um, in the book of Acts, it talks about they were one in, that they were there in one accord. That word in one accord literally means they were one in heart and mind with a fiery passion. Okay, we can never, ever lose the fire. We must pay attention to the fire. So let me bring this into land again with some activation thoughts. Key thought, culture is not this just thing that happens out there. It's not this nebulous thing that happens out there. How I behave impacts culture. So the question that I want us to ask is around the heart journey and around heart culture, how am I behaving? Am I behaving according to these heart values? Because how I am behaving is contributing to culture. Am I showing unconditional love? to those around me, even when they rub me up the wrong way sometimes? Am I letting iron sharpen iron? Am I letting people close enough to me to actually call out immaturity in me and cause me to grow up? Am I punishing people for not being perfect by simply keeping my distance from them? Or am I willing to draw close to people who are in need, even if they don't remind me of me, even if I don't quite know how to connect or how to understand them? Am I willing to draw close because I'm committed to heart journey and heart culture? Again, all the things that we've talked about over these three weeks, I want you to just think back and just again ask, how am I doing in these things? How am I doing in these things? Therefore, how am I contributing to be a part of building heart culture? Our call as a kingdom family is to show the world what love really is. And love isn't just a concept, love is an experience. So let me land this series by bringing us back to the most important foundation of all of this. If we're gonna show the world what love really is, we have to have had an encounter with love in our own hearts. We have to have had an encounter with the Father's heart, with the Father's love for us in a genuine experiential way that has transformed us. 
because it's only out of that encounter that we can then minister an encounter of genuine love to the world. When it comes down to us, it comes down to it, all brokenness in the world is a result of either absent or distorted love. We've been on the receiving end of absent or distorted love and particularly in our family of origin. If we're going to show the world what love really is, we're going to be bringing people into an encounter with what, with what real love is. And real love is ultimately Him. Real love is our Father. And there is nothing, there is nothing that a touch of His love can't heal, can't cure, can't mend. There is no level of brokenness that the Father's love can't touch. We are called to be a community that shows the world what love really is. And the vehicle for that is a group of people that understand the heart, that are on the heart journey together and are building heart culture together. And out of that flows a love explosion to all of the world around us. I want to encourage you both, pray for yourself, spend some time with the Father again, just asking for a fresh encounter with His love. And then as we get together, let's consistently be praying for each other that we would encounter His love afresh, that our hearts would be melted with His unbelievable goodness and kindness, and that we would be the kind of community that overflows that love out into the world, not just not through programs and events and all that, but just by us being people who are so full of love, who have the light of the Father in our eyes. And we, we learn to love and to embrace people into an encounter with the Father. That is a powerful community. Bless you as you walk this out. Bless you as you pray for each other. And I'll see you on the weekend.